What's going on, everybody? Real quick before you start the episode, I just want to apologize. Uh, my settings were way off on my microphone. I'm not sure how I missed that. Uh, I'll probably have a little story time on on that, but uh, I I had a great conversation with Jose. His microphone is clear and his audio is clear, so I, I, I was very happy about that at least. Um, so I hope you enjoy the episode and we'll we'll get these bugs sorted out. So enjoy the episode, thank you. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make right. it clap. Hey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. This might be the first podcast that uh, that uh, the guest actually helped the setup. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like Rogan's hanging out, and then like somebody pulls up and is like, "Hey, you know, you got to change the setting." But he got Jamie though. So yeah, 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 yeah. He does. He does. <laughs> I'm gonna let it. Give myself a little black there, a little, little bit of nerve. I'm gonna be honest. Listen, man. Honestly, the be- the best thing is that uh, go through trial and error, trial and error, mm. trial and error, and at some point you just right, right. You know what I'm saying? So don't worry about it. Learning process. <laughs> it ain't no thing, bro. All right, man. All right. Um. So we got one camera set up. Got the the guest cam here. The little little introduction. You know what I mean? Um. We're here with Jose. Um. What's up? I, yep. Um entrepreneur actually i'm gonna let you kind of describe what, how do you describe yourself i mean i'm just a guy just i'm just a guy. A, i mean like i could i could give you a description of what other people say of me but uh personally i just feel like i'm just a guy trying to get through um i don't i i, I don't particularly look at myself as anything super super special but i what i do is just a lot of things that i love like curiosity is kind of what moves the ball with me you know what i mean so but i i do own several businesses so people would categorize me as an entrepreneur um i love the arts I, I i love comic books and huge geek or nerd or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it so um i just love pop culture man. yeah um i feel like i got to know you the first time in in the barber mm-hmm. primarily uh came in there looking i needed to cut at a hair terrible <laughs> terrible fade you can't even call it fade <laughs> and uh i i remember coming in there and kind of met you in there started coming in now you know got a whole bunch of cousins and stuff going in there oh yeah um but ever since i've you know got to, to meet you and stuff um uh, yeah super hard working honestly one of the hardest working guys that that i know um and very creative always looking for the opportunity and not from a like from a bad place it's, it's like it's hustle but it's like uh ambition you know what i mean it's not it's not greed nothing like that um so it's actually kind of cool that you met me in the barbershop because there's a lot of people around here that meet me in the gym. And mm. so there's probably like a really difference in uh, what people think about me. Like, because if you meet me in the barbershop, it's all like I'm working, we're having fun. I'm, I'm always uh, wanting to speak to people and see mm. like what they're into and ask them about themselves. If you meet me at the gym, it's like, hey, it's time for you to kind of <laughs> shut up, do your right. job, and let's just let, let's get this done. So you have to be, you have to wear multiple hats in multiple places. And when I'm in a position of like, these guys could get killed out there, I have to be a little bit tougher and I'm, I'm very strict and I don't have time for bullshit. Like I actually got a kid came into the the gym and he started making some jokes. Mm. And uh, I was like, yo, bro, we don't do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a place where we gotta, we gotta be serious. And so he's, mm-hmm. but at the barbershop, it's a completely different feel because mm-hmm. it's more community and it's more more of a, a really awesome vibe where you're able to 
get to know one another. Mm-hmm. And even if you have differences in opinion, yeah. you can always just be like, all right, but have like, let's, yeah. ta- let's talk about this. You know talk about it for what we get the cut. I mean, I, there's been times when um, myself or other customers even, where we're like, we're having a conversation and then the person before me stick around or I'll stick around part of the next dude's cut. And it's just, it, it's, you do have a conversation with people who maybe you wouldn't always, you know, normally, and just for whatever reason, what interest or whatever it might be. You know what I mean? I feel like it's a safe space, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, and we provide that. I think men need like social clubs, you know what I mean? And the barbershop is the perfect version of a social club that, you know, you pay once every few weeks, you come, you get a haircut, you get to have fun, you get to BS with a lot of guys. Um, and then on top of it, you're able to talk like serious conversations that mm-hmm. maybe people are genuinely afraid of. And I love that. Right. I mean, I, you know me, yeah. babe. Like, you, like anybody, yeah. any of the audience, they, yeah. they don't know me. It's like, bro, I would literally walk into a room and just be like, yo, I heard LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. And then just walk away from the conversation yeah. and just watch people bicker back and forth. Not that I believe that. Right. Or, or even if I do, it doesn't yeah. matter because mm. the point is, I just like to get people mm. talking because for the mm. most part, most people spend times on their on their phone just buried, man, staring into their phone. And I'm like, bro, there's somebody around you, right next to you. That's super interesting that you don't know. It's like, get to know them. Tell them, be like, hey, how you doing? My name's Jose or, you know, this is Jerry or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. But shout out to Jerry. He's one of my main customers at the shop. Okay. Love that guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, I think it's important to have community with one another and have conversations. And even uh, conversations that are difficult, like we just went through one of the most difficult periods right. in history, um, so, or in our history, yeah. just put it that way. <laughs> but uh, it, at those points, I love sparking those conversations mm-hmm. because in a point of division, I, mm-hmm. would, I prefer that everybody sees that we have more in common. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you do a good job of that. Like, obviously, like, the conversations that we've had there before. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, before you... You're not gonna let. I would never leave there and not dap you up, and, you know, give you a hug and stuff. So it's like it's different than like uh, either either getting in the echo chamber online or just going there just to argue. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like um, we're having a real conversation. There's re- and also there's real uh, consequences. You know when you're talking about oh, yeah. somebody. <laughs> oh yeah. You know? so, like, um, but far too many times, I think that people are genuinely afraid of having conversations that may be a little bit controversial because of what you're taught, like you thought you shouldn't speak about religion or you shouldn't speak about politics or even sports. But the truth is like, I feel like people need to understand that you don't need to win an argument. And most of the time, if you're just having a conversation, it's not an argument. It's only when people get fiery. And mm. you know what I mean? Sometimes when I see people get like really passionate, I just mm-hmm. kind of smile and I'm like, well, what do I know? You know what I mean? You just throw the, well, what, if, what do I know? You know, I'm just, I feel like I should say this and we should have this conversation, but if 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 it doesn't work for you, that's cool. I just want you to know how I feel about it, and then it's not a big deal. I'm still gonna da- just like you said. I'm gonna dap it up with you. I'm gonna show you respect in public. I'm gonna show you respect privately because that's what it is to be a man, you know. But ah, people are so tribal. So like, it's funny. Like, I really enjoy this community, right? I, I'm I'm a, a moved here about ten years ago, and I fell in love with home. Small communities, small time vibe but everybody's really loving within the community. And then on top of it, like people are super competitive. And I love that. Like, I love that aspect. Like some people, some people might not enjoy that, but I really love the entrepreneurial sense that people have here. And it's like, you see these young kids, they get out of school, 13, 14 years old, 
They got a business by the time they're 15, 16. They own three or four houses by the time mm-hmm. 17, 18. If I would have known that, <laughs> if I would have known that, I would have been, been out here a long time ago. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's totally different. Um, even, I mean, so I, I spoke with you. This is something that anybody who's watching might not, might not know yet. Um, but with us moving to New Mexico and stuff, that's one thing that is completely different out there. Not, not to say there's not like, there's definitely hustlers and stuff and like people working hard and being entrepreneurial in, in the way that they can be. So for example, on the res, you have people, um, you know, beadwork and that type of stuff, like, you know, the native traditional stuff. Um, but around here is very unique in the sense that there is every, like every community has a wood shop, has a lawn or whatever it is. I mean, they have, they're competing there and it's not in a, in a negative way. There's enough people here who support each other and stuff. You can get pretty much whatever you need in the, in your town or the town over. And what, what, another cool thing is like in for sports, like mm-hmm. I've been trying to bring mixed martial arts here a little bit more. Um, when I came here, I was just trying to find something to do for myself. Mm-hmm. And so with trying to find something to do for myself, it, uh, it, it kind of opened doors to start a business, but I had no, no reason or want or need to even open up a business. I was just being selfish. I just wanted to train. I wanted to be better for me. And what ended up happening was um, I start training under a guy here, just trying to find uh, the opportunities to have um, little victories, right? Because, like, I feel like sometimes people goal set, they set so big that when they set a goal and and it's so big that if they don't see progress, it kind of messes with them. And then they get deterred from their original goal and they want to kind of sit back a little bit and like, all right, well, this isn't working. You know, you saying bolt work what like four to six years for like fourteen seconds or something, some crazy mm, right. like that. Like I'm, I'm probably wrong on that, yeah. but uh, I know he he has a quote where he says like some of you guys will quit without understanding that. And for me, I figured the martial arts was the perfect uh, segue point to success because of having the opportunity to you, you know you start off with a white belt and then you work hard and then you know in a year or a few years. You might get your blue belt or for me, it was green. I went white, green, then blue. I went from blue to purple and then from purple to brown and then second brown, third brown. And then you go on until you get your black belt. Now, it started like that for me. And every progression just opened up another door. It wasn't like, okay, now I'm at this belt and I'm good to go. No, it was like, all right, now what's next? You know what I mean? And that continued to feed my curiosity and my hunger. So I felt like jujitsu was the perfect thing for everybody. And the reason I, I, I go into that is because, like, around here, I see a lot of people that they need that. You know, like, they really need something with a small victory to get them over that next hump or that next mount and then show them there's something even broader past the next horizon, next horizon. And once they see that, I mean, Tony Montana, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a famous quote in there. I'm not gonna say, it, but like, if 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 they can see that, they'll uh, they'll understand that it's just about opportunity, and you have to create that opportunity. And the, when you create that opportunity, you got to make sure you grasp it and you move forward with it. And I've been very blessed in this in in that one aspect that in this community, people have shown a lot of love and respect, and um, and I've been able to be integrated within that community. Like, I feel like I'm from here. Mm-hmm. Like I don't wear my Boston cap no more. Right, right. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? No, I like I got my little 
I got my my Cleveland. I, I got the Ohio <laughs> State cap. Like I'm with it. Right. You know what I mean? Even though I'm not a huge fan, I, but I genuinely want to support like people support out here because it's a beautiful thing. Like I, I've gone to games where people, people, I'm like, hey, is your kid playing? And they're like, nope. Yeah. And I'm like, do you have kids? <laughs> nope. Yeah. <laughs> and and then all of a sudden they go on into like all the stats of the kids that are playing on the field, and I'm mm. like, but you don't have a kid, like. Where I'm from, they'd be like, mm, I don't know, bro. Officer, where you at? Yeah, but but he, but here I'm like, bro, they're showing a lot of love and support to this community. They know everybody here. You know what I mean? They know, they know this guy's stats. They're gonna watch this person go from the pee wee leagues to the big leagues and show love and say, hey, I knew that kid. I bought his T-shirt. I did that. That's beautiful. Right. It's right. truly beautiful. I mean, you know how big the obviously Ohio State Michigan thing is. There's a there's a kid or a kid there's a guy from uh, Wentz Garraway. He mm-hmm. plays played for Michigan. I think he just graduated. And even then, it's like I mean, we we got the bad end of it. I I think this last time. Yeah. But uh, even then, it's like hey, that's somebody who's winning from the community. And uh, and at the end of the day, it's like yeah, you're gonna root for your team. That's cool. But like you can also like hey, he won. That's he's hopefully he's gonna get an opportunity to further his career in football or whatever he goes on to do next. But um you still show up to that person that they're from. You know? Yeah, the rivalries, in the end of the day, it's it's all fun, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's a good thing to have a sense of pride. And I think that's good. Like, I really, truly enjoy that people have that sense of pride. Uh, they like to attach, again, the tribal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but honestly, man, I think it's a it's a beautiful thing to see support. And, and I feel like there's certain places where you might live and not ever know your neighbor. Like I grew up like that, where we live in like a, uh, in a building, and in the building, there's like I don't know, four hundred units in that community, and I might know like five people in that community. It's usually kids I went to school with, or rode the bus with. I don't know anybody. Else. You know what I mean? Like maybe I know the old guy down the street who was handing out candy to kids when we were younger, which wasn't a big deal. You know what I mean? And then things kind of change, society changes, and the norms change, and so you realize like. It's not cool anymore. You know what I'm saying? But where I grew up in Brockton, Mass, primarily, because I moved around a lot, that's where I can, I feel like I, uh, uh, I, I, I got my uh, gusto from. You know what I'm saying? Like, th- those streets made me, uh, made me who I am now. And the character that I developed, the toughness or whatever it was, it was there that I grew up. You know, seeing seeing things a little bit tougher and seeing people in poverty or or even just like uh you know, grinding through the struggle to make it. They call that place the city of champions. And I truly believe if you can make it from there you can be a champion. So um but I guess that kind of goes back into that segue where it's like people people genuinely need community. You know, like it says, it, it takes a village to raise a man and all that stuff. And I, tr- I, I truly believe that. And I had community before. Uh, it's just not on the same level. You know and I mean, like you might have a small community of friends that you build and stuff like that. This is different. Like I walk through these communities and I feel like I'm known and I know people. And I shake hands with a lot of people. And partially that's going to be because I'm a barber. Because I cut a lot of people's hair. Uh, how many clients I have on this. But it's also because of the the martial arts, and also the type of guy I am. I'm genuinely curious. Like, when somebody comes into my chair, I don't just want to cut your hair, you know, like, hey, what do you want? Right. <laughs> I don't want a two on the sides. Mm. Off the top. You know? 
and then silence. And that, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that, sh- that shit's annoying for yeah. me. I apologize. Because, no, no, you get it. That, that shit's truly annoying to yeah. me because I'm like, just got to sit here, listen to this guy breathe. Like, <sighs> you know what I mean? Or, or I can just ask you, hey, like, how'd your day go, man? And when they tell me throughout the day, so what kind of stuff are you interested in? I ask that question all the time. What are your interests? And usually you start finding out that, like, people do have a lot in common. They really do. And then when you do hit that one that, like, you're like, so what do you like? And the guy's like, well, kind of, I like um, this or whatever. And then you're like, oh, shit, I love that too, man. And then, boom, now you have a connection. You have a jump point to be able to start friendship or relationship. And I truly believe that that's lacking in certain areas and that it needs to be more present in, in certain things. This community is very well known for uh, community, for its sports, and also for its spirituality. It's faith-based thing. So, like, if you really want to get to know me, if you really want to be able to, to talk to me, the best thing to do is to try to understand where I stand at the moment that I'm standing. You know what I mean? And then from there, I mean, I, I think that's um real quick i want to get into your background sure, a little bit sure, so sure. so you you said you brought up uh Matt. Mm-hmm. uh you you weren't born there no actually so my father was in the service uh my mother and father were born uh they were it's funny because my mom was born in in puerto rico i believe it was i might be wrong on this but I'm, oh no my mom was born here mm. and raised in puerto rico mm. my dad was born in Puerto Rico and raised of the opposite, so oh. vice versa. Um, and I might be wrong about that. I might catch up right. about it later if they hear this on the podcast or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Um, but they met in, in Massachusetts. They they got married young. They did the thing, kind of young couple thing where they're together. Things don't work out. They go their separate ways. So I live with my mom. My dad was off being an entrepreneur. Um, that's probably where I get a lot of that entrepreneurial sense. But my both of my parents are are very creative um and so like my mother does crafts and stuff like that and my father is artist and like anything that he does as well so i kind of got that sense of of creativity from them and also seeing things come together when you do it yourself um so anyways i live with my mom and my sister uh both parents remarried they they have uh, other families that they start building um, and that's how I got this big family that I got. But I was born in Fort Benning, Georgia, while my father was in the school. Okay. Um, you you mentioned your dad was into like entrepreneurial spirit, and he he did those types of ventures. Um, what what type of things did he do? Uh, in terms of like side hustles or or primary things or whatever that was. Well, I'm pretty sure there was a lot of different things that he did uh, to make money. But when my dad got out of the service, him and his brother and his father started a, a janitorial company. And I believe when I asked him, like, Dad, why'd you choose that? He was like, well, it was, it was what was available. It was easy to start up. And, and my dad's a very practical guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's not about doing what you think is going to be your dream job. You know what I mean? But it's about what's going to be a good job to be able to get you there. And... uh so he started his he started his business. It was like just him, a mop and a bucket, and his dad. And they had one client. And the shout out to the clients were like the Duffy brothers. Um, these like as a little kid, 
I used to go into their office buildings and uh, these people were really great to me growing up. But I saw them give a level of respect to my dad and my dad have super respect for the one client. Like I think for years and years and years, the, the guy who gave him his first job, my dad would go personally. When that guy would call and ask for a job to be done, my dad would personally go, this guy's got like oh, wow. 700, 700, 800 employees at this point. And he still goes personally to go do that. that that's like true gratitude. Uh, um, so he started the janitorial company. Uh, he built it from a mop and bucket. To, I believe my dad was top, uh, top 500 Latino business owners at one point. Um, tons of employees. Um, and then he sold out of that business and got into, or no, he didn't. He'd sold out of that business later on. Mm. But up until the point that he sold, I mean, he, he had his hands in, in, in a restaurant. He had, uh, he had like a telecommunications company, like wow. early on, like, you know, when uh, people came from other countries and they had to call home, like oh, it was yeah. super freaking expensive. Okay. Like my dad, I remember he had this little corner shop where he had phone booths set up and you just <laughs> go and buy your calling cards from him and then you'd be able to, uh, from there, you'd be able to, to, to call your family back. Mm. Got it. Some of the like the Latin stores, like they, where they go, so they'll have the uh, little calling cards. Yes. Kind of that type of stuff. Yes. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, my dad used to always pop in those places. <laughs> have to buy those and whatnot. <laughs> no, no, no. It's and, yeah. and, and it, it, it like that's the kind, again, and that's the kind of guy that my dad is, mm -hmm. where he's he's literally taking whatever opportunity. He's like, oh, okay, so these people have to buy this calling card. They have to go home. They got no privacy because sometimes. Um, and, and some people might not understand this, but as, as a person who, who migrated here, right? Like family, you'll understand that these, these people come from other countries and it's very difficult to do it all by yourself, but they're here hustling and like truly grinding mm. and working two and three jobs and doing whatever they can. And a lot of times they're sharing a little space. That's right. why I never look down on anybody mm -hmm. grinding like, because I've seen it where my dad has employed people who come here and they work hard. And there's like 10 of them in a two bedroom apartment and they're hustling. They're busting their asses. They're sending money back home. They're paying, they're, they're doing everything that they can here and they got no privacy. So it's like, you give them a chance to have a little bit of privacy. If fumbles, like mm -hmm. my dad capitalized oh, on yeah. those things where it was smart, mm -hmm. the type of businesses that he did, but he was also helping like, yeah. Latina. like that's important. Mm -hmm. you know? so it was connecting I, families. That... Yeah. I, re I respect the hell out of it. Mm. And, and my mom did her, her hustles, like, uh, she had, like, um, you know, like, growing up Spanish, mm -hmm. um, you have, like, quinceañeros, mm. and you have, like, all kinds of, and, like, a baby <laughs> shower and birthdays. Everything has to have, like, a little, little knickknack. Right? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. an adornito. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you got to have something like that. And people will take that home. Mm -hmm. And so my mother was really big into doing stuff. Like that. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, I'm always, uh... Obviously, like I've my mom, for example, she was she was uh, American. She was actually a little Amish girl, you know, <laughs> back in the day. Um, and her uh, her parents picked up, moved. I don't know how many kids that they had that they had at that point, uh, but I want to say like seven or eight at that point, maybe. Moved to Honduras, and so she grew up down there. So she's you know blonde hair, blue eyes, but she's fluent Spanish. So growing up, she'd always be speak, speaking Dutch, English, Spanish on the same phone call. Talk siblings um so even though she was born here and she primarily grew up down there yeah so and obviously my dad under grew up 
you know, very a lot of poverty and stuff when he was younger. And so when when they came up with sim- similar things in terms of look for the opportunity, look for the the thing. And there's a there's a different. I mean, obviously entrepreneurs are here already, right? But like, there's a certain type of thing going to a place where maybe is not home, right? Or wasn't home at that point. Now, now I think this is home, you know, to them for sure. Um, but you know, there's a different type of hustle that 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 takes. I feel like, you know, and I think that I, I you know I hear that hearing your dad's story kind of reminds me of that, you know. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta take opportunities when they come, and you can only go as far as you decide, mm. you know. And the one thing that I understood from what my dad was trying to say to me, like my father and I had a conversation recently. He was like, "Son, I think me being tough on you really paid off," mm. you know. And 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 I do I do feel like it did, you mm. know what I mean? But at first, you see the world changing. Like it, it it's kind of a different thing for me now looking back on things and, and being a parent now, like I got four girls and they're going through their own changes and the world's changing for them. Like the world that me and you are in right now, we can still have certain opinions, right? Mm-hmm. Like our, certain opinions that are brought up with our generation, they're mm-hmm. going to die out at some point And those kids are going to be living in a different world. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is why like kids don't respect their parents as much. Mm-hmm. Like not that I have that trouble mm-hmm. right now, but when when me and you talk about something, mm-hmm. it comes from a standpoint of how we grew up and what we saw and what we're living right now. Right. That's that's normal, mm-hmm. right? And my kids will have that too, mm-hmm. but their generation has norms that are different than our norms. Right. Like for me, you know, I go to Columbus and I see things and I'm like, wow, but get it though, bro. Like this is different, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, res- I respect that those are the changes that you're having, right, right. Mm-hmm. but I'm just like, I don't feel comfortable. It's different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, that, that's not, that's not my game. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, but I think we're in a particularly interesting place where we saw things mm. growing up because of the struggle mm. that present themselves because of the background that we have mm. or the ethnicity that we have that make things. So, so what I'm saying is like we, we particularly have an interesting, an interesting dynamic in which you, you grew up from one part of, of, of your parents. Like one portion of your parent is like they grew up from immigrancy. And your other parent migrated to that country, saw, lived that lifestyle, lived that way. And so coming back, you have a different perspective on how things are. I think that's beautiful. And I think that's why people should move around the world. Um, for me, seeing, seeing all these families, like I didn't have it that, that rough. Like where we came from, a different, like, no, I've been here. I haven't left here. Um, I moved around a lot though. And I think that also kind of molded the influences that I had. Like my mother moved us around a bunch and that there could be different reasons why that happened that I've never really asked. Um, but my assumption is she's a single mom. She's trying to make it, you know what I mean? Um, and with that happening, like she's got to go where we can go. So sometimes we go stay with family. Sometimes it's, she finds a place, she found a job, or she was trying to do something. And that particularly gave us uh, a lot of insight on how different things are in different areas of the country. And I think that gives me particularly a perspective of why I understand people having such strong stances. Like, I remember, like, the gun control thing mm. was huge around here for a little bit. Right, right. And people like this, we should have our guns, we should have this. 
and then I go back home to Massachusetts or or what I used to consider home, and there are people are like, oh, you, you hear this? Like, people we shouldn't have there, guns yeah. and everything. And it's because guns are associated in a negative aspect and a negative light out there because you don't want an AR-15 in a project building. Yeah. I get it. Mm. But out here, you got freedom. You got more liberty. You've got yeah, guns are a tool. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they're mm. a tool. Right, they right. really are a tool. Mm. It's like a fork and knife, you know what I mean? Right. Like, if I got to put dinner on the table, I'm going to go go shoot the deer. I'm going to go eat the deer. Like, it's different. But I think having that perspective from being all over the country gives you a place of uh, of gray area. Like, like, I can really be in a gray area and understand that there's a lot of shades of gray. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's hard for me to understand people who, and then again, maybe I'm making a judgment call there, but like people who, where everything is black. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that it's either like their way of coping somehow, like it's just they just want clarity. You know what I mean? Um, or it's just like willful. Like, I just want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's, I don't, know, I don't know what it is. Like, I, I just feel like you cannot, you truly cannot, um, commit 100% to one thing even if it's all you know uh, because the world is huge and there's there's a vast amount of information and knowledge that you're consistently going to learn about and if you give yourself that opportunity to learn uh, things will be better you know what I mean like truly when everybody was pinning things against each other and this guy's angry and that guy's angry I'm just sitting there like play devil's advocate on, on everything <laughs> Because truly, I have no attachment to any of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there was things that I was like, well, this I kind of feel strongly about. And the reason I feel strongly about is because I'm a businessman. And from a businessman's perspective, like, I got to do what's right for my business or what's right for my family. Mm -hmm. But then there's other things that I'm like, can understand from a social aspect why we need these. Why well, there might be some nuance, similar to, to the gun thing, if you're, if you're living in a city where there's potentially more crime you're living i think closer quarters too like mm -hmm. it just builds like uh anxiety or like the tension of if somebody like if we're here there's not that i mean there's a lot of people around but like, there's a little separation i mean there's a little breathing air. i've never lived in an apartment building but um uh, i can imagine like uh, dorms for example like it just feels like there's people all around and if somebody goes a little a little crazy it's like the <laughs> cup of sugar thing right yeah, like yeah. if i gotta ask for a cup of sugar to my neighbor right. i'd be like uh, just open up my window knock on the other one Hey, right, right. Let me just let me buy some sugar, bro. Yeah, you know, like it, it's you. You don't want something to happen in your neighbor's house. You know what I mean? Because it's uncomfortable. Because you can hear everything or stuff like that. But out here, it's a little different. Like, I mean, mind your business. I and and it's funny because mind your business is something that I learned in the city. Right? Like, mind your business, bro. I ain't got nothing to do with you. But out here, uh, small community, they talk a lot and stuff like that. So a lot. It, it, that should be the at the thing here, like yo, mind your business a little bit. Like that ain't got nothing to do with you. I mean, but but it's not, you know. But and it's it's kind of like it helps though. It's like a, and this is why I don't mind it because it, it really does help. Because as people, did you hear about this kid making it to this? Did you hear about this business that's being opened? Did, so like I take that as the way. How do you say? It? You're willing uh, to put up with that because it, even it, though they're going to talk shit potentially other times like, or spread rumors it, it, yeah, or whatever. I've never really had to deal with it like too crazy. <laughs> like I hear a lot like, they're yeah. like, hey, this guy trained with you. And I'm like, really? Yeah. And they're like, 
I'm like, what's his name? And then they tell me the guy's name. And in my mind, I'm like, that guy never trained with me. But, uh, but what I do say is like, hey, would you like to come by? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't care that this guy made up some nonsense about training with me because to me, I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, live your fantasy, live your story, do whatever it is that makes you happy. But in the end of the day, like, I know for a fact you either didn't show up or you're, you're, you're telling a tale or something like that. But what I do know is you just gave my business the opportunity to have a little bit more shine. And I'm going to appreciate that and use that as a network link. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just not that guy to take things so personally. Like, like, I mean, now if you're making crazy claims about me, then I got to clarify that. But at the same time, I'm just like, ah. no. And the type of person who's going to do that, and especially like false things, um, at, some, at some point, people know how they are. You know what I'm saying? They're yeah. not going to believe. Like, yeah. I, I think... I think there's a there's an art to certain things like uh like I remember like I worked for this guy and a lot of people used to tell me oh this guy's you know full of shit and like all this kind of stuff and then I listen to the guy tell me stories and the stories were like super out there but I loved them like yeah. I I loved the person himself and then I also loved the stories because it felt like uh, you ever watched that movie Big Fish? Okay, Big Fish is like a really great movie where. Uh, the story's playing out through the kid's eyes. Every story that his dad tells him carries weight and it's legit. Look at the but it, but it, in, his, in the kid's imagination, mm-hmm. it gets so big, yeah. right? And, and like, I love that because when I'm listening to this guy tell me this story, I'm like, yes, I had, like just straight exaggerations, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, it's, but it's fun. It's fun because it's like, hey, you know what? To him, this was huge. You know what I mean? And, and why am I going to be raining on his parade and be like, ah, that's, you know what I mean? Right. I don't care. Tell it yeah. whatever way you want. I want to hear the story. I'm interested. I'll choose whether I'm going to believe it or not. I feel like in a lot that happens so much uh, in life. Like, you know, somebody would tell a story and instead of appreciating the value <laughs> of the story, whether comedic, whether true, yeah. or whatever, because like, don't be so gullible first off. Right, right. But the other thing is like, they, they, they right away want to, fight against it you know just uh oh that's bs or that's this it's like oh just let them tell the story give, give him his little five minutes on the podium <laughs> and then whether you believe him or not it don't matter you know what i mean like yep. just appreciate whatever. the entertainment like, yeah yeah <laughs> i mean like shit what are you what are you gonna go, go go back and keep yeah you know just go back to work no i'd rather have work be a little bit more fun because some guy decided he's gonna tell me a crazy story. right sometimes i feel like yeah like in that situation some people are just straight up lying you yeah. know what i mean for no reason it's like why are you lying about that but some people, it's more like they're trying to convey how they actually felt. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. like to your point, like the kid, like, like that's how he feels. That's how he wants to imagine it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So it, it's it, like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but you got you to gotta also, like, as you're viewing things, not get so attached to it. Right? Like, personally, like, I feel like that's, that's very important. Like, it doesn't remember that that person lived that the way that they lived it. And you got to be okay with they lived it that way in their opinion. or in their mind. Now, if you're there and somebody's telling a story and it involves you directly and you're like, that's a problem. Hey, you're full <laughs> of shit, bro. Like, don't, don't bring me in. Don't yeah. bring me into this. I don't want nothing. Like, because, because then that, like, uh, I met a guy, he's actually trains with me. The good guy, his mm. name's Mike. I love this guy. Uh, he tells me, he's like, man, I heard you were fighting in the woods and stuff like that. And I was like, <laughs> what? what? I was, like, I was like, I never fought in the woods, you know uh-huh. what I mean? He's like, yeah, yeah, this guy's telling stories about you. Like, man, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> I never did that. I wouldn't be here right now being able to do this. And I laugh about uh-huh. that stuff because it's like, you just hear other people's versions of stories and it's like playing meatball, right? Uh-huh. Like, 
you tell me one thing and then that person hears it and it just keeps rolling and rolling down the hill and slowly little pieces of the story get distorted. And I personally feel like that's where the best jokes come from because yeah. like it starts off one way and just keeps going. But no, I'm just a normal guy. Don't, yeah. don't, I don't go fighting in the woods. Don't do anything <laughs> crazy. Like that. If you do, if you set that up, let me know. Yeah, I know, oh, right? So. Like, it's just, <laughs> might as well light a ring of fire, bro. Um, I did have a question sure. for you uh, with moving and stuff. So mm -hmm. with us moving, and I have a 12-year-old son, I have a five-year-old daughter, two-year-old son. What what could your parents, or what did they, or what could they have done, or how do you perceive, obviously it's hindsight, you know, but like, to, to either make it easier to, to help in that process, or? So the transition of, uh, I had uh, an interesting upbringing, um, and kind of like one of those things where I'm the little guy in every room that I go to. Uh, I truly am. I, get, I walk into a room and I got 13-year-old kids that are bigger than me. You know what I mean? It's just it's just the way it is. My my genetics are like that. I'm short. I mean, and so growing up, I was always the smallest guy everywhere that I went. And so you learn a few things when you're the smallest person in the room. You learn, yeah, they got to be funny. You know what I mean? And Or you got to be able to defend yourself when things happen. Um, I personally feel like community is going to be the most important thing. So like, you know, if, you, if you're transitioning to, to a new state and you're bringing your kids there, you got to know the dynamic of what those kids are living and what those people are living. So you, you maybe like get your kid into like a, a, a particular sport, um, have them join like a, a group like like Magic the Gathering. Like, you know, what? I, like I really love the card games and stuff like that, but like card shops, comic book stores, any place that you can build a community and your kid can be able to to make friends. Um, I think that's the best thing, sports clubs, martial arts clubs, stuff like that. Um, because other than that, like in school, you just got too many clicks. You got too much stuff. And you know how it goes. You went to school and it's hard at first. You know, new place, new kid, whatever. But the kid seems like a likable guy. You should be able to, to, to get into any place, you know. And then just be careful and be aware of the people that they're around. You know what I mean? Because like when we moved to Brockton, um, I'd been all over the place, but this was the first time I'm actually, I'm like 13 at the time, maybe a little younger. Uh, that's when we're, I'm going over to people's houses. Up until that point, it was like, I'm staying close to that house. You know what I mean? Spending time with family and other stuff. But now I'm going over to people's houses a lot more. I'm crashing at my buddies doing stuff. And now the influences are changing a lot. Um, but that'd be my suggestion. It's a very specific question, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's okay, because, yeah. I mean, you, you want to make sure you do what's best for your kids, right? right? Um, So you you moved around a lot with your mom, you said. Mm -hmm. um, at what point do you, do you end up back in Massachusetts, or, or you were moving around in Massachusetts? Oh, man, like, so we're talking about, I moved around a lot, a lot, a lot, so... I remember as a kid, the first place that I remember moving was Florida. We lived in Haitian, Miami. Um, I was there for a few years. And by that point, this is before my memory, right? Like I had lived all around the city of Waltham, Massachusetts. Um, and then we had lived in Puerto Rico. Like I had bounced back and forth between Georgia, Alabama, Puerto Rico, because my father's in the military. Um, and then we go from there to Massachusetts, from Massachusetts, we moved to Florida. 
from Florida. I moved back to Massachusetts. Um, then from there, we moved to Puerto Rico again. From Puerto Rico, we come back to Mass. Then from Mass, I go to Michigan. And now we live in uh, Grand Rapids, and then we lived in Flat Rock, and then we moved to Detroit. Now, we were in Detroit. When I was in Detroit, we, we weren't allowed to go out. We weren't allowed to do anything. And from there, we moved back to Massachusetts. And then from there, I think we lived in Waltham for a while. My mother uh, remarried. Uh, my stepfather's great. Loved the guy. Um, he then moves us to where his family was at, which was Brockton, Massachusetts, a little bit tougher. Um, and that's when, that's where I've spent a good amount of time till I bounced. I was 13. And at 13, I'm like out on my I'm just going from place to place, backpack. And it's primarily a lot of it is, uh, one, I get involved with, with things that I shouldn't be involved in. I'm also kind of dealing with a lot of trauma and a lot of, a lot of stuff in the neighborhood. And so, like, I have to develop a certain character. And I'm like, at some point, I'm like, I need to get out of here. So just pack up a backpack and go. And now I start living. At 13. At 13, man. It's kind of, yeah. it's, it's a weird, it's a weird situation because you still have to have guardians. You still have to do stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, um, at 13 years old, I had gotten, I think, like, my seventh grade year, I'd gotten into fighting a lot. I mean, like, a lot, a lot. Fighting every day in school, like, for a while, you know what I mean? And not, I don't want to say, like, every single day, but I get there, I get suspended, come back, still dealing with the nonsense from last suspension, I'm fighting again, you know what I mean? And it's kind of a weird situation when you grow up in in, in, in a really really tough city where it's like, okay, I got into a fight. I pieced the kid up or I got pieced up and then I come back and then I'm being ridiculed about either that, uh, that I pieced the kid up or that I got pieced <laughs> up and everybody's reminding you, Oh, you got pieced up by this kid or you pieced the kid up. I got to go again. I got to go again. And the kid's man. coming at me and it's like, and now he's got a few buddies with him. And it's just like, it, it, it's, it's that dynamic. But when I moved there, I had a really rude awakening. Um, cause where we moved from for the city of Waltham was a nice little town. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't really hear about much going on. Um, and then we get moved to Brockton and it's like a culture shock for me. It's a lot more urban. Um, people are, are a little bit tougher out in that city and they're really quick to tell you like some, you know, yeah, yeah I, I don't want to go too far into it. Yeah. Um, but uh, when you're in that area, now things change. So I like remember the first day I got there, I go outside to play with the, the local neighborhood kids. They're like, hey, you want to play some football? They like invite me to come through. Uh, and then we get into a fight. Oh, no. The, the first day I'm there, this kid, this kid whoops my ass. He ends up being a really great friend of mine afterwards. Like, but he just, and then I ask him, like, why, why, why are we getting in a fight? He's like, well, you're in our neighborhood now. We got to see how tough you are. Kind of attacking you. Yeah, man. And, and, and that's a different thing. But like, now it becomes like instead of I'm just hanging out with my friends and my friends are backing me. Now it's like real clicky, but the clicks aren't so much like a. It's not just friends. It's like where you're from, and I never experienced that. It's like from one street to the next. Wow. These guys are from this place. And mm-hmm. We're from this place. Instead of we're from a general area, mm-hmm. like it's like no. This is my hood. Mm-hmm. This is his hood. This is where this is how we're doing it now, and like I had to. I. I it was a real culture shock for me. So at that point, I started getting a little tougher and fighting a lot more and doing stuff like that. I'd always done 
kind of like one way of martial arts or not because like boxing was in my family um yeah things change things change so you're you said you mentioned boxing your brother boxed or boxes uh, right? so so like when i say like my bro heck and stuff like mm-hmm. that it's, it's it's a little different that's like that guy's my, my mom okay not not by familia mm. you know what i mean like that guy's just been with me for forever and so i'm always going to give him that respect for my mom um but it was actually my dad my uncle uh who boxed and then my mother when i was really young like 5 6 years old uh her best friend's nephew was teaching us how to box a guy named Junito was like the first first boxing trainer that i had then from there, you know, you do karate and stuff like that, and you get into more traditional martial arts. And then I started learning to box at the PAL program. And I was supposed to be going to the PAL program to uh, start at first with hockey, free hockey. That's like when I'm in Waltham. And then as you move around, I start learning to break dance, and I'm going to, I'm looking for whatever place that I can go to break dance. But break dancing was trying to get me out of trouble. And then I'm in like Nashville, New Hampshire, and they have a boxing league. It's like, like I'm not like technically supposed to be in there because my parental forms weren't signed for that. Um, but I start training there, you know what I mean? And then in Brockton, finding places to train and do whatever, like it's kind of a Brockton's a big boxing community anyway, so you're gonna learn whatever. You just gotta walk in it. If if somebody had to get started with a martial art, which which is the first one you would guess? For practical let's say it, it changes mm-hmm. um if if you're like for competitive days i would say rest i never particularly had the opportunity to wrestle as a kid um but seeing it so much as as, as a martial artist now, a lot of the kids that i have that do wrestle have a natural transition point like they understand the body mechanics a little bit more and they're able to do things a little the good ones there's other ones that are, are, are great at wrestling but they have a difficulty transitioning to everything else because it's so deeply ingrained in them that everything starts from that um i think if you're going to try to get your kid into a martial arts and they want to do it for a longevity standpoint you need to have them in multiple things at once but just all around toughness uh all around being able to understand their all their own bodies and just how hard that is because there's a lot of a lot of kids that they're not cut out for it because they just don't know what it's like to work hard, you know, like which is not something uh, particularly that I'd be worried about around here because people know how to work hard here. Uh, but you see, like people, parents bring me their kids, and sometimes they're like, "It they needs toughness. We'll, we'll get it out of them here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We will. It's gonna take a while. Sure. You know what I mean? You're gonna have to give me a chance. But the kids that come from wrestling, like. I watch them come in my gym and they want to spar right away. They get popped in the mouth and they're okay with it because yeah. they're already used to tough training. Right. So that would be that would be my recommendation. Yeah, I uh, I, I talked to you a little bit about colleagues and stuff, and I think I think one thing is you know with going to a new school and stuff, uh, I think the benefit or one of the benefits to any sport, but particularly martial arts, because of because it, it is so one-on-one, like soccer, obviously, like, I love soccer, I, I'm very passionate about it, but uh, there's something about martial arts where you're competing against somebody else, and you you know, and you're, I'm sure you're learning from, I've never, I've never trained, obviously, so, but um, where, I, where I think that would create confidence in, 
and a younger person. Oh yeah, yeah, no, a thousand percent. And and I watch that happen in my gym a lot. I've got guys that have been with me four or seven years, and like young kids, young kids that have been with me for years, and the belt promotions don't come as quick, you know. Um, and they just stick with it. And one, you're building community. Two, um, you're building yourself up. And three, they they watch themselves have these moments of growth every day on the mat because one thing about the martial arts is very humbling you know what i mean like i've i go from neighborhood to neighborhood and i always respect where i stand but i watch these guys that walk through and they think they're billy badass everywhere they walk and it's like puppy you got another thing coming to you bro Mm -hmm. the fight you think you can win here you're not gonna win here you might as well walk yourself up the block and see if you get a chance up there because right here you're not gonna find it but that's how that's how it is. Most people are delusional. You know what I mean? They they really are delusional in the aspect of they think they're tougher than they are. Now, the one good thing about it is they might be. They might be. They might they might be as tough as they think they are, but they're gonna have to cultivate that skill just like you cultivate anything. You know, you're not just gonna walk in and be Mike Tyson. The, the dude that they, I just, you that, yeah, that I, I see red. red. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to see black, buddy, when you're, when you're looking up. You might see black yeah. first because you're going to be unconscious, and then you're going to see you're gonna see white because you're going to see lights. It's just, yeah. it's it, it's ridiculous to say you black out. Like, mm-hmm. and that's that's another thing. You black out. You're so full of shit. Like, I, I, that's that's the one where I'll be on the side, be like, eh, it's the coward. I'm telling that stupid story. Like, for yeah. real, because, because it's, 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 it's nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's nonsense. Yeah. Like, you're always conscious of what you do. The only time you can ever say that maybe you're, you're not conscious of what you do mm-hmm. is when you're under the influence of alcohol yeah. or you're on the, you know what I mean? Or a, a drug that you truly lose your shit. But that's like the biggest cop out. And like, I try to keep it PG, but I'm going to be honest. Like, uh, this is the biggest bitch move that you can do. <laughs> like, no, truthfully, because yeah. it's it's not taking responsibility for, for what you do. Oh my God, I just, I blacked out. It's like, you hear shit like that with guys who cheat and do stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's like, no, Cabron, you didn't black out. You knew what you were doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, you, you just, you're using that as an excuse to manipulate somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and that shows that, that shows that you're a soft human being. Mm-hmm. Like, not just a man, because I don't even call you a man. That you're soft. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if you truly feel like you made a mistake, just say, oh, I made a mistake. I made a bad choice. Mm-hmm. Like, don't say it was a mistake. I made a bad choice. And with that bad choice that you made, now, you know what I mean? These are the consequences that I got to deal with. But man up to it, you know? Like when I hear people say like, oh, I black out, I see red, I go. You're just trying to, you're trying to bullshit people to feel that, you know, that they should have a, a healthy fear of mm-hmm. who you are because you're an asshole. Yeah. And because when you decide to have that moment of you being an asshole, you don't want to have any accountability for acting like a jerk. Like That's the truth. Do you think how many of those guys that say that type of stuff actually believe it and how many of them are trying to say that so that they're hoping somebody doesn't actually confront them i, I don't know like 20 <laughs> yeah. percent. I, I would say 20 percent of guys actually believe that they're tougher than what they are and the other guys are just trying to make sure you 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 genuinely are afraid of them. just don't start because yeah. they're not real alpha males like it's, mm-hmm. it's just kind of the way it is like uh and even trying to prove your masculinity is like a weird thing to yeah. me like right like you want to prove that you're more macho than i am you're more manly right. it's like i'm five three bro like like, what am I supposed to do? I'm not going to sit there and walk next to a guy who's super tall and be like, yeah, sure, I can kick your ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Whether yeah, I that's feel, one of the beautiful you know, things about you. <laughs> but, it's just, but it's true. Like, I walk into every room and I know, like, okay, listen, I, I feel that I've trained. I feel that I, I know how to defend myself. I should feel comfortable now. I'm not going to sit there and gas myself up and be like, I think I can take you. You know what I mean? Like, but a lot of guys do that because they have to, like, test their masculinity against somebody. And it's like, why? You know, well, you, well, you got to. Why you got to see if you're tougher than that guy? Like, first off, that ain't going to matter. That ain't going to matter. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather make friends with people and know, like, that guy looks kind of tough. Maybe I should have him on my side. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And let, let's be friends, buddy, versus versus the other thing, you know? And uh, But anyways, that, that that stuff makes me laugh. That's probably the only time I would go back on what we said earlier yeah. in the conversation. <laughs> like, actually, like, correct you on that. Bro, shut up, yeah. bro. Like, get out of here. Do you, do you get that, like, people coming in there? actually to the gym or is it mostly outside the gym or like, you know? No, it's, it's usually outside the gym and it's in conversations that are in passing. Um, and it's usually people who don't know what I do. Uh, okay. So it's not like they, they know you train and no, then try to prove uh, something. They uh, unless they're under the influence of alcohol, I've never had to deal with that. Like seriously, like I used to hate and I, and I love, I love the support that I get in the local community. I really do, bro. Yeah. Like when I used to fight and, and we'd go come from a fight, win or loss, like McKelvey's used to be the spot where people would always be super awesome to me and stuff like that. But it'd also be the spot where people are so drunk that mm -hmm. like I hear Is that Millsburg? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I hear some people say some wild stuff. Uh -huh. Like like so I, I love the guys at McKelvey's. Like I'd walk in and they'd be like, uh uh now Jose, 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 Jose <laughs> and I'm laughing, everybody's yeah. having a good time. We just wanna fight. It's yeah. great. You know what I mean? He's shouting me out. But then as I'm walking through the night, some some guy would come up with his drink and sip his beer and walk up to me and be like I fought like 40 street fights <laughs> and I'd be like, all right, that's, that's good for you, bud. Yeah. Like, I think I could take you. And it's just oh, like, like it. I think the alcohol is getting to your brain, buddy. Right. You know what I mean? Not, not because I don't think maybe you could beat me because you possibly could. You know what I mean? I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm a humble guy. I respect the fact that everybody's got the same, same abilities that I have if they cultivate, them. Right. you know, but I'm just like, just get away from me though. Mm -hmm. Cause now you're being threatening. And there's no point to that. You know, so I, I keep myself out of those situations um, and usually avoid those conversations as much as possible. Right. So one, I don't, I don't hurt your fragile ego, tough guy, you know? Uh, and two, uh, I, I don't, I don't put myself in a compromising position. Mm -hmm. um, so you were still fighting when you moved here or not? So actually I'd taken a, a, a long break. Um, Kind of funny how life gives you lessons, and you should you should truly take those lessons. Like I I didn't truly start competing in the cage until uh, I was thirty. I had been competing before then, while I was coming through uh coming up through the jujitsu ranks, um and prior to that I had competed a little bit. I've always had a competitive uh sense to me because like as a young kid like I learned to break dance and and that's something I'd like to touch on a little bit because there's a lot of big influences with that. But um, the guys used to take us to breakdancing competitions, and it's like a lot of aggression. Like, you think dance, you don't get a lot of aggression, but those it's a lot of testosterone and a lot of, like, trying to prove that you're better. And, like, they talk shit, and they got their own way of doing things, and it's fun, you know? So competition is a fun thing for me. But when I was about 18, I started taking things a little bit seriously. Like, I really wanted to compete. I really wanted to do things. But at this point, I started, I, I got married young. I had a young family. Um, 
I was learning about responsibilities over wants and desires and stuff like that. Um, and then I got a lot of aggression at that point because I'm dealing with past traumas and stuff like that that I hadn't really dealt with the way that I should have in a healthy fashion. Um, and so because of that, I took like I, I took a lot of time off from the martial arts that I shouldn't, and then other people's opinions. Like again, I'm I'm a silly kid at that point, so I'm allowing other people's opinions. Because I mean, like, oh well, you shouldn't be fighting, you shouldn't be doing this. You should no, I should have. I should have did everything that I wanted to, um, but it didn't play out that way. So when I finally did get in a position where I could, I did, and I stopped listening. But it didn't went well. Mm. Um, well, I'm gonna get back to the breakdancing, but okay. real quick before, before that, um. Uh... How do you, is there anything that you, any exercises mentally or just however you do it in terms of uh, hindsight, right? Like you said, like looking back, man, I could have done this, look at these years, I could have done, because I, I have similar things where I'm like, yeah, I should have done, you know, certain things differently. And I honestly try not to dwell on it. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, there's like a rap song where the dude said like, hell is not place you go when you die i'm pretty sure it was like a mortal technique he said it's a it's a place where you live in regret thinking about past failures and i really i really believe in without getting too spiritual like the worst kind of nightmare you can live is in where you feel inadequate and you feel like i could have did this and i could have did that and i chose not to or I could have did this and I could, cause like I, the one thing I tell my fighters all the time, it's like, Hey, right now is your time. Or you can sit in the bar in 10 years and talk about how great you used to be. Or you can never have that where people know who you are. Right. That's like kind of the balance. It's like, you could be the, I could a guy, or you can be the, well, that shit didn't pan out. I'm going to do something else. And I'm, I'm going to make something of myself in this aspect of what I've been. I mean, but like regret is the worst thing to have. And I feel like that shit really sucks. So I try really hard not to. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that's so true. It's like, it's not that, excuse me, sorry. It's not that necessarily I have things that like are constant, but it's, yeah, moments. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and I think that that's natural. Some people say, no, nah, like it, it's whatever, you know, like I, I don't ever, I have no regret. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I don't think that's necessarily true for most people. Um, I think there's certain things where, of course, man, why would it, why would it happen if I would have tweaked this a little bit or you know, um, you know, few point training. What if I would have trained a little harder? You know, in certain situations, and and I think now it's like that's part of the reason why this exists is because like this is something I've talked. About. You're one of the first people I I started seriously talking about. This was like a couple years, three years ago or something. Where I started kind of playing with it more seriously. Okay, and I told you you're gonna be the first guest to have on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and then I just kept, you know, some of it was maybe valid, but there's always valid reasons to not do something right away. And a, a lot of it was not valid. You know, what I mean, I could have done a version of this sooner. You know, and so I'm, I'm. This is my attempt to like, okay, let's control. We can control now, and that, that just do, do shit. You know. What I'm saying? <laughs> like, so I feel like opportunity. You have to take it when you can but you also can't off balance yourself in the sense of like one thing is to be afraid of it and the other thing is to understand like hey i got responsibilities i got care of this is something i want to dedicate time to but i have to find the time and it's never a wrong time to start to like i do fight culture is such an interesting thing and it really does mold me in everyday life 
um, I hear people uh, tell, hey, I want to try your gym out. Okay, mm. so come by on Monday. Oh, no, I got to get in shape first. I was guilty of that in the beginning. Too. <laughs> you, know but, but, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. it's like, why do you why do you have to get in shape mm-hmm. to do something that's going to get you in shape right, right. for what it is? Like, I can't run a marathon right now because I'm not training for a marathon. So, like, why would I go lift weights and do all this stuff to try to have a little bit of cardio? And then when I get pushed in jujitsu, realize that cardio and all that other shit that I did that has did nothing Different. for me. It did nothing for me. So. You got to think about that same kind of thing in life. And, I, and I'm very fortunate in that the fight culture that I grew up in allows me to transition all of those other things into my daily life. So like, like when you say about the podcasting, it's like, yeah, you could have did it in, in, a, in a different fashion, but now you're doing it. And cool. It's the right time to start now when you're ready to do it. You know what I mean? But, um, but don't, don't dwell on it too much. Mm-hmm. You know, like for me, I could have fought. I could have did a bunch of stuff. Unfortunately, when I did fight, uh, my body started changing and then I had to do the most manly thing that you can do in life. And this is, in my opinion, uh, the one thing that most people get confused about with me where they think like I do all this special shit. It's like, no, it's, it's not really special. It's just, I consider myself a man and I got to do the most manly thing that I can. When one thing happens and life is coming at you one way and you can't escape that. Um, and you know, you, you like, I still need to survive. You pivot. You pivot. You pivot and you find another route to be able to con- continue to do what you got to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like survival is the most important thing to me and it's key. And so because of that, like my family's structure, the the lifestyle that we've built together, I want to make sure that they're going to be okay. And so if today every freaking job that I have quits on me or like, or I get fired or something like that. Well, guess what? I got I to gotta go find a way still for my family to eat, right? In Spanish, we say, I que, I que traer la para casa, which means I still got to get those beans home because my family got to eat. You know what I mean? Right. And so because of that, pivot. So I'm very fortunate in that my curiosity has always given me the ability to feel like, hey, you know what? If this person did it, why can't I do it? If they showed me, they already gave me a little, a little, bit of their foundation i just got to consistently build on that foundation and from there i can do anything and so that's what i do and that's also in fighting if i'm fighting uh they they call me the matador when i was Mm. um and it's because i'm fighting big bulls in life yeah you know what i mean i got these big bulls coming at me and so what do i do i put out the little the little little (laughs) red uh what what, what is like a pizza cloth i don't know what the hell you'd call it you put out a little bit, the bull comes forward, you know, you move off. That's literally what you got to do in life. Like if that thing's charging at me, I can't fight it head on. My arms are too short to box with God. Then guess what? I'm going to pivot and do something else. And that, and that's the truth. Like I have, I have to do that because that's survival is, is, is the most uh, basic of needs that you have. Especially when you got other people depending Depending. on, yeah. Yeah, A thousand percent. Um, with, so, actually, let's get into the uh, real, real quick the the breakdancing thing. Okay, sure. So, so I'm jumping around a little bit. No, but, that's okay, man. Um, so that was actually one of the first things I think I, I you mentioned when I first started coming into this job. We started, you know, like you said, you started asking questions. Conversation started. Yeah. And you mentioned that I was like, oh shit, like wait, what? Like you know what I mean? It was kind of something that like you don't hear very yeah, often. very often yeah but i could see you you know i could see you out there you okay <laughs> so it, it's cool because i'd like to think that i was a lot better than what i was but i got buddies who are really doing well with it um shout out to like 
the little rascals and ground effects crew and all those guys that I grew up with that gave me the foundation of what it was to do uh, what I do now. Okay, so like at 13 years old, not to, uh, I was like 11, 12. You know, I, like I said, we moved to Brockton, kind of a tough area. Um, and you, you, you start to know little local legends in your neighborhood, right? There's always going to be those guys that are larger than life, that have a big story and a big following. And every time somebody mentions their name, there's nothing that they can do wrong or stuff like that. So the kid that lives across the street from me is a great friend of mine. His name's Osvaldo Baez. I love this kid. Keep, keep going. I'm going okay. to check. All right. Him and his, uh, his cousin, Herman, dances. And his cousin Herman is really cool with these guys from like the ground effects crew and all this stuff. And uh, so they start introducing me to what it is to break dance. And so like, you know, they're dragging out their linoleum in the street. And it's, it's crazy because this is in the 90s and break dancing was really big in the 80s. But the culture is still very big. It's just underground. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't know about this. But I'm a bad kid at this point. And I say, and I say I'm a bad kid because... At, at, there was a point in my life that I was like a loose cannon. Like I didn't care anymore. I was like, okay, if this is how life is going for me, this is how it's going to be. I'm going to be tough. I'm going to be rough. I'm going to do whatever it is that I need to do to survive. Because again, I pivot. And I realized that all that soft shit that I had going on, went, hey, how you doing, Michael? You know what I mean? When I'm, I'm playing like that shit's not going to work yeah. anymore. And I've always been a comic book nerd. Mm -hmm. I love my comic books. And I remember in the neighborhood, I'm wearing a Superman shirt. And uh, I, I, can't, cool I, can't, yet, right? I can't, I can't, no, I, I, it, I thought Superman was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I can't use the exact terminology that the kid said to me, uh, but to be polite and not get the podcast, like demonetized right, or whatever it is. It. But like, uh, I, I, some kid sees me, he goes, hey, you. And I go, what's up? He goes, you like Superman? And I thought he was serious. So I was like, yeah, I love Superman. Superman's a, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so are you. And then they jump me. And so I'm like, what? Uh, so I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, yo, Clark Kent, Baba, I'm going to have to. You know, button up again. I can't. I, I'm gonna do the reverse Superman. I'm gonna button up, bro. I ain't showing you no more. Danger comes, you yeah, yeah. Up. And so and so now, and so now I change. You know what I mean? Now I become more aggressive because that's that environment molded me. So now I have a little bit of chip on my shoulder. You know what I mean? So my buddies are break dancing. I'm still kind of not into it. I'm involved in like a little gang activity and stuff like that with the other stuff because again, that's another thing that at that point I felt like. Uh, I didn't have a choice. That was stupid because I always have a choice. You you do. You always have a choice. But you're looking for community and but yeah, possibly. Like, yeah. It, it's kind of like the aspect of like you got a bunch of little little guys that are growing up and they're coming from broken homes or whatever and they're more relatable. And they, they come together in a unity to try to protect one another. It's not even that they, at first that you're just attracted to that lifestyle because for me, that shit wasn't attractive. It's just I had been getting my ass whooped consistently getting jumped and the kids in the neighborhood were all together and it's like okay well i'm gonna i need something because again I'm, I'm i'm like at this point i'm like 411 i'm not even all of five foot you know what i mean mm -hmm. so it's like i can't i can't keep going against these giants by myself and so i found that community there and that that's a that's that's a one thing in my life that i regret a lot um i don't regret the friendships that i made with it i don't regret the the the, the community of it that because again that was a different type of community but it was a community but I do regret that, like, uh, you know, embarrassing my family a little bit, that shit and stuff like that. Or or even myself, like that tarnishing my reputation at one point because of that. So, like, I can always be 100%. But had I not gone through that stuff, 
had I not gotten suspended, had I not gotten uh, expelled from school and all that kind of stuff, I wouldn't have put myself into the position where I get probation, get put into these teen programs. And I end up at this teen program and I got to like talk to this guy. And this is one of the greatest stories that, that, that I have personally, because this also brought me into like uh, the trading card scene and everything that, you, you know, eventually I open up a store, have comic books and all that. Um, so I'm being a, an ignorant 13 year old kid, you know what I mean? And I got to go talk to this, to uh, like, not like a counselor per se. Um, but I'm trying to prove that I'm a tough kid. So like they put me in the room with this big, big tall guy, you know, a guy who really changed my life. Uh, he passed away recently. So shout out to him. I, I, I love that guy, but out of respect to the family, I'm going to keep quiet. Um, and they put me in the room with this guy and he's like, so this is my name. How you doing? What, what can I do to help you out? And you know what I mean? Would you like to talk? And I just sit back. Shit. I'm not saying. And who's going to crack first, right? So the guy gives me a little smirk, closes his mouth. We sit there for an hour. Next session, we sit there, nothing. The third session, I go in there. Uh, and he says, hey, we got to talk. And I go, you don't, you don't care about me. I was like, you know what I mean? You don't know my lifestyle. You don't know who I am. To, to you, I'm just some charity some charity case, you know, I'm just a Spanish kid that, you know, this guy's Caucasian at the time and I like, or not at the time, she's Caucasian and I have a different look at what it's like, like, because it, growing up where I grew up, it's like very cultural, like, you know what I mean? Like people try to push on you that this is easier than that. This is why I don't believe in racism as well. And I'll go into that a little bit. Um, but so I go, you, you're just some white guy doing a charity case for a little Spanish kid in the neighborhood. I was like, and fuck you. That's literally what I said to him. And he's like, mm, okay. <laughs> so he stays quiet. And, I'm, and, and that was really rude of me. And I should have never said that. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm, I'm a stupid yeah. kid. You know what I mean? So anyways, he reaches into his pocket. Pulls out a pack of magic. Then I go, hey, what's that? He goes, hey, fuck you. <laughs> right? He, he goes, fuck you, right? And then I was like, drop my head. And then he starts talking to me. And then after that, it was all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it took somebody showing me that I was an asshole at that moment to, to me realize, like, maybe this guy's not half bad. And this guy helped me out tremendously in my, tremendously in my life. He introduced me to a lot of people. Um. He, he gave us our platform to be able to drive us to the competitions. That changed my life. Because he took me to my first breakdancing show and I saw guys dancing in a competitive form. Like I had seen guys dancing in the neighborhood. But I saw them dancing in a competitive form and it made me want to not be involved in the bullshit that I was involved in. Because then it gave me the opportunity to dance. Like I started caring about it. Dance. And the shit looks cool. And like the one thing about b-boying that I really loved was that like, it didn't matter whether you were, what crew you represented. Like the minute you hit a move mm. and you hit it with such style. Undeniable. Oh, <laughs> and the whole crowd would jump. 
and they would all jump in and like celebrate with you because it was undeniable that what you did was so slick, so smooth <laughs> that everybody got hyped about it. Mm. And so because of that, I got closer to the other guys that I had seen in the neighborhood dancing and stuff like that. And now it's not Jose's a delinquent anymore. It's like, hey, Jose's got a little bit of a troubled past, but he's, he's trying to move forward with his life. Uh, how about you guys give this kid a break? And now I start building community with people who are actually trying to get me out of negative Because up until that point, what it had been was my experience with the neighborhood was getting into fights, having to defend myself from after fighting. I had kids put guns in my face. Like people shoot at us. You know what I'm saying? Like just a bunch of stupid shit. And like I try to, I try to avoid that story as much because a lot of people have where I grew up, it's a norm. Like, you can't say that that's, like, something that you're particularly special to. It's just, it's normal for you. Like, you become accustomed to violence. You become accustomed to street life. You become accustomed to seeing people hurt. You know what I mean? It's a normal thing. Mind your business, you know? And then when shit happens to you, it's like, okay, well, I've already seen this happen to this guy. I'm not going to end up caught up in this position, which is also why I moved at 13. I split. Mm. Because I was like, bro, I'm going to get killed out here. You know what I mean? Because I have this ego that I've been developing over these years and it's going to get me killed. You know? And, like, it's going to bring problems to my house. My mother's got kid, little kids living in the household. You know what I mean? Like, if people come for me, then I hurt my little kid, brother, sister, my mother, my parents. You know, it's shit like that. Right. Yeah, I... <clears throat> my, my my dad, right, for example, he he's the one that I think experienced the most that type of stuff you know what i'm saying like like whether it's him with his family members all that stuff. and i was very fortunate at a pretty young age to move into the general area you know um so there is like there's times i'm like i have an appreciation obviously for for the area and stuff and i, I know that i'm very fortunate but there's like some guilt in like knowing okay i got most of my family's still in Honduras, and and um obviously you know we got we got we got bills we got everybody got things to take care of right but there's guilt in in that you know you have family stuff that are going through that type of stuff or, or have gone through that type of stuff and and i fortunately i wasn't putting those in those positions you know what i'm saying um and it's like now it's like, okay well how can i can i help you know but then it's like you get caught up in in your own survival you know what I mean? or like not survival in that sense but in in sense of paint bills and just, just living you got to provide and stuff um so yeah i i fortunately i was never in those situations but i would say also like with with you knowing knowing your skill set let's say right yeah um uh, which is i only laugh because like the type of people you might have to deal with sometimes yeah but um knowing that like in, in this conversation learning okay you left at 13 you know the the environment you grew up in in, in certain neighborhoods that you were, had been in. There's there's a confidence I think that you get from from that that it's it's harder to get I think in if life is easy. You know what I'm saying? So I have I have a coach. Uh, his name's Ricky Fields. I love the guy so much. Him and I have very deep conversations about that kind of stuff, and I can relate to him a lot more than I can to other people, um, because. He understands and we speak we speak about things that I don't speak about publicly because one, they're incriminating or two, you know what I mean? They could get other people in trouble, stuff like that. But 
when you talk about the confidence that comes from that, it's from a long time of genuinely being afraid. Like, uh, a lot of people will look at things and say, wow, they're doing this or they're doing that. But again, I don't personally particularly feel, and we're going to get into like a, we'll get into a little bit deeper note right now with this. I don't particularly feel like I'm super special. I don't particularly feel like uh, I have something that other people have. What I do feel is like the fear that that fear is what kept me alive and it's what made me strong. Because at some point, um, I'm 13. I'm going from place, 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 place. I'm not knowing I'm going to be able to eat all the time. Like I, I was fortunate that the first few places that I went to were other relatives, you know, but they got their own shit going on. And when things go south for them, I'm kind of like I'm the odd man out. So now what happens to Jose? I mean, does do I get to stay? Do I have to go? Do I go back to the same environment I came trying to escape from? So that fear forces you to grow. Because it forces you to to say like, okay, well, what am I gonna do? You know what I mean? Like, I think eighteen for most people is like when you try to leave the nest before. At least when our generation was be like eighteen, you leave, go off, you start the world. Now I see guys like twenty seven, twenty eight years old still living at home because they can't afford to, or circumstances changed, or again, like to go back to what we said earlier, the norms are not the grew up with. And so, but at that young, I had no restrictions. Nobody telling me anymore, like, oh, you can't do this, don't do that. It was, and this, and this I'll say that I'm blessed. Um, I was the kind of kid that if we went to the public pool and the shit said no running, I didn't run. I'd wait for the dumbass kid to smack his head against the concrete bitch written right there on the you know what right, I mean? Right. Like, you shouldn't have did that. Yeah. Like, but, but I, I learned really quick, like, there's, there's a reason there's rules and there's a reason that they're implemented. And whether I want to follow them or not, at some point, you have to, you have to know what's going to be beneficial to you when you, you. Like, I love, there's like a 50 cent um, quote of him on a podcast where he said, when shit hit the fan, like, there was nobody there for me. Like, I didn't have nobody to run to to save me. Who was I going to run to? Myself? Like, I have a stepbrother who's my big brother, but he never lived close. He never lived close by to me. He wasn't, his thing was sports. If a fight broke out, I have a better chance defending myself. Not that he wouldn't help me out because I do feel that particular time he probably would have, but all I had was me. So if I only have me, you know, who am I going to go run to my mom? My mom's going to go defend me? No, she's not going to defend me. She would. She'd give a life for me. I know that. My dad, my dad's going to tell me, you got to be a man about this. My stepfather, he's got his own thing. He's got his own kids. You know what I'm saying? He, he would, my uncles, they're not going to get involved in little kid shit. But that little kid shit got out of hand many times. And so with that being said, I had to learn to build up that confidence. And it becomes a shield. Uh, it was like the almadura of, 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 of God for me. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I have a very strong faith in Christ, very strong faith in God, because that's what got me through all of those tough moments. All those nights praying, all those nights in tears, where you struggle, because it's, it's, it's true, bro. Like, it is easier, but it wasn't then. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now I look at everything and it's like, man, I'm not going to drown in a fucking glass of water over every problem. You know, but there's people that I see that their problems are very real to them. But to me, it's like you're literally drowning in a glass of water. You're just looking at it like it's the depth of the ocean floor when it's, when truly take a step back and just tip that some bitch over right, right. and let it drain. But at the time, it's, it, it, it's, it's the worst thing they've gone through. So for me, I was fortunate in, in my life that those things happened early on in my life. And because of that, I'm able to look at things from a different perspective. But it, it's, it's not like it was easy, bro. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, was, it, was a very, it was a very tough thing. But again, I, I, I bypassed those feelings in public by, by surrounding myself with the guys who dance, with the guys at the gym, um, with all of those things, because because that's what kept me sane. Because if not, I would have cracked just like everybody else. You know what I mean? Because life is scary, bro. Truly. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what walk of life you're in. Like, life is scary. You could have the best outlook on life, and tomorrow something change like that. Nothing. And, and you don't have, you weren't prepared. You couldn't prepare because you can't prepare for things. So you, you start to you start to build up. And that that's where I was fortunate, where it was like, okay, I did that. I suffered those days in silence, those fears that I had. I made sure that whatever it was that made me scared also made me strong. Like uh, Rocky is one of my favorite movies. And when they talk about the fear, you know, that fear is your friend, fear is, a, fear is your Frankie fear is on your shoulder and stuff like that. That shit's real, man. I, I truly believe that. Like, being afraid is a good thing because it keeps you sharp. Being frightened is the worst thing you can go through in your life. You know, because when you're afraid, you think of what could happen and you try to make sure that every move that you make is so that it doesn't happen. And that's also involved in fight culture as well. But being frightened, your heart rate jacks, you, you turn pale, you, you freeze up, and now you don't know what to do. So everything that I've done in my life up to this point has been out of a healthy fear of like, okay, I got to do this by myself. I got to survive. I got to make sure that I don't screw myself in the long run. And also I got to make sure that I don't spread myself too thin because if I do, then it's going to be hard for me to come back. And I've had to learn how to juggle and how many balls I can. Like for real, like, uh, I, I think my dad was telling me, you got to, one time he was like, you got to know how many balls you can juggle. And, and, the, and the cool thing is my dad and I have a really great relationship now, but my father and I didn't have a great relationship growing up because I always wondered to myself, like, well, why am I here by myself? Like, I see other guys, they got their, both parents, they got all this. And so it, it's a normal thing, I think, for a kid whose uh, who's parents separate. But I didn't understand why when I did see him, he was really tough on me and everything. But now I know as an adult, like, preparing me for this unpredictable life that we live. And so he was trying his best to, to make, it, make it so that I understood. And my mother 
by the way, has always been great to me. Like, uh, I can't say, and I feel bad for my mom because I put her through a lot, you know, but I can't say that I, uh, that she wasn't there for me, even though I left early. It's just like, what was she going to do? She could let me, let me stay there and then I get killed. And then she get a, she get a call that, you know, her son got killed or something like that, because that's the kind of shit I was involved in. You know what I mean? No, she had to let me go and try to help me find a different place to try to see if I could do better. And, and then there was moments where I was thriving and doing better. And then things happen and uh, you, you get into a, a really weird space. You know what I'm saying? And so things change. Again, life is unpredictable. Like I remember I moved to New Hampshire. I thought things were great. And then all of a sudden where I was staying, things change. And in like a matter of seconds, I get uprooted again and go to the next place. And I'm like, damn, bro. But the dancing was, was a point of being able to find community. Like, if you're, like what you asked earlier about your son, if your son collects or if he plays a certain game or if he does something, all he's got to do is just walk into a place, hey, I, I do this. It's something like, oh, that's so silly or whatever. But somebody else might be like, hey, I like that stuff. Boom, there you go. Now you got your connection. Now you got your point. I found that. Because of my curiosity, I could connect with anybody, which made it very easy for me to make friends mm -hmm. wherever I went. So as long as I could do that, yeah, I was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I, I, met, I met a lot of really great people along the way that helped me out. Like, you, know, mm -hmm. you just you make it happen. But the breakdancing, that guy opened up the door to, to take me to the competitive scene. The kid from across the street that beat my ass when we were young kids, like for real. Uh, he opened up the, the door for me to be able to see what breakdancing was. And then I go back to where I was from and show it to the other kids from where I'm at. And slowly we start forming a group. And then the group of guys that I form are lifelong friends right now, like my buddy uh, Aaron, Gabi, uh, Camacho, Trevor, uh, Gabe. I, this is just a bunch of them. You know what I mean? Uh, Dani and then I got Papito and, and, and like Baldi and all of these guys that all become really close friends with me that I still call them up to this day. And it doesn't matter if I see them once every five years or something. We It's right from where we're at. You know what I mean? We can keep going. But I meet, I meet some very influential guys um, in my neighborhood, like guys who are larger than life. And then I meet their brothers, close with their brothers and they bring me into the brotherhood. Um, and that's kind of what got me out of got me out of that, that silliness, that point, you know, up until that. Then things happen. Yeah. Cycle, yeah. And I revert to a lot of things until I move here. And then, um, you said that your, your mom had to kind of, she knew she had to kind of let you step out, figure stuff out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure it depends on, on the, on the kid in terms of what are they going through? What are their experiences? You know? Um, and I think each kid is different. You can't parent, in my opinion, you can't really parent the same for all your kids. You know, you got different personalities. You want to be fair, but you want to, yeah. Um, has has that or will that affect the way, like, with your kids? And I don't get too, you know, personal or whatever, no, but no, in terms fine. of, like, knowing when to allow your, you know, your, your, your girls to kind of figure stuff out. Okay, this is an issue. They're having a struggle here, maybe at school or whatever it might be. When when do you allow them to figure it out? And because you see a lot of parents who just jump in right away, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like like if there's an issue, they're gonna jump in, they're gonna solve everything for their kid. 
and how and when do you allow a certain level of like not danger but kind of you know what i'm saying to, yeah, so i gotta be 100 percent honest with you um with a lot of my, with my older girls mm -hmm. unfortunately because of things that that fired um I was not able to be there the way that i would have and they're very fortunate that they have really good moms. Um, and I'm very fortunate mothers were very good with them. Like my relationship with them might have been a little bit rocky or whatever. Um, but that, that that shit happens and, and it is what it is. And I, I just I'm very thankful that mothers and I will always owe them hundred percent. Um, but what I do say to my older children is the fact that I tell them like, hey, Here's the truth. Um, this is the way my life went. It wasn't very, it's not the norm. You know what I'm saying? So I look at things from a completely different light. You know, like, I'm not going to tell you what it is that you can and can't do. What I will do is make a suggestion on why you should and shouldn't. Now you can take that and you can run with that or you can do your own thing. But what I try to explain to them is like, in the end of the day, it's kind of like what went on with me, where it's like, when you make a mistake, nobody there to save you. Can't pull you out of that. Like, there's very real consequences for what you do, and especially when you're young. Like, there's still constant things that I did when I was very young that I, if I was to stand in front of a court of law currently, they're going to pull up those things and I got to prove to them like, Hey man, I'm 35 now, dude, 36 years old. Like I, I, I'm not that guy. I haven't been that guy for almost 20 years. Like that's, that's silly stuff. I've, you know, I have to try to pull out a list of things that I've done and steps to show these people that I'm not that, I'm not that guy anymore, but those consequences are very real. And I try to express that to my children and even the children that I, that I mentor and teach in the gym, where it's like, Hey guys, the, the stuff you do now, um, it has long lasting effects and you got to be careful with it because you think it's like, Oh, I just made a mistake when I was a kid. It's like, I don't give a shit about that. They're always going to label you, you know? And so because of the, the labeling, you got to be very careful because, uh, you know, how they say first impressions last a lifetime. If you'd have met me when I was a young kid being behaving stupid, you know what I mean? You might have a different perspective of me. Even if you've seen me change, You'll always remember the fact that, that at that one point in my life, things were a certain way. And so because of that, with my children, I just tell them, hey, like, I have all girls, too. Mm. Like, it's different. You know what I mean? You, ha you have boys and girls, so I'm assuming that you parent a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you try to be sensitive to, to what, like, I, I train boys in the gym. I try to be sensitive to what it is for them to be going through certain things, but I'm not very careful in the way that I tell them, like, hey. Right suck it up yeah <laughs> yeah it's just the reality is it's harder to be sympathetic not, not sympathetic but like i know what it's like to I don't, i've never i don't know what it's like to be a young girl growing up right yeah but i do know what it's like to be a man growing up and you, i feel more comfortable pushing those boundaries in terms of like all right you can do more i know you can do more i know you know i mean that type of stuff um uh, and yeah i'm not gonna lie i'm like i got i got one girl so i'm little softy for her you know what i'm saying <laughs> i love my voice too but of course no. for me though like it's like when i get young kids in my gym who are talking to me and it's like yo pull up your socks kid pull up your socks and keep going you know what i mean the the waters are going to get a little muddy you know what i mean and sometimes you're going to go through things that you you truly don't enjoy mm -hmm. and 
the truth of it is, and this is my favorite saying, it is what it is. That's that's it. There's no rhyme, reason, or explanation for certain things. Sometimes the shit just is what it is, and you got to go through it, and it sucks. And you wish that there's a a good explanation, but you're never going to find it. You're never going to get it. And because there is no explanation for it, you just got to endure. And it's tougher to, uh, for me to explain that to my little, to my girls in the aspect of like, because I don't understand what it's like to be in a female mindset or even understand the changes that females go through. Like, you know, those hormonal changes and imbalances and stuff that they end up going through like once a month, that, that must suck, man. You know what I'm saying? So all I tell my girls is like, Hey, do the best you can. Um, remember that you have one name, one reputation. Don't damage it. Other than that, I'm not going to judge what you do. I'm not going to question who you are. I believe that your mother raised you smart enough for you to understand, um, what's right and what's wrong for you. And me being dad on the outside, always checking up on you and calling you and trying to be a part of your life. I've been able to tell you like when you're with me, like what's, what's good and what's not good and, and what you, what you should and shouldn't do. And but just be honest with me. Like I got one kid never cussed in front of me, 18 years old, never cussed in front of me, never said nothing. Um, very sweet. Uh, she got good feelings, you know, my other girl, my, my second daughter, I think she lets them fly, brother. <laughs> she lets them fly. And she's the most like me. Uh-huh. Um, and she's also sweet. Very good kid. Um, she's not a bad kid, but she'll, get, she'll let you know. She'll let you know right away. And because she's so expressive, I can understand, um, I can understand when she's suffering or when she's in pain. I can understand it a little more than I can with my older child. And then my third daughter, um, she's like, her energy is is through the roof. Like she's sporadic. She's fun. She likes to dance. And, uh, she's, she's, um, she's, she's like, I will kill you if you hurt my family. Like different with her. Like she's willing to fight with anybody at any point to try to defend her family because She's the big sister. That's how she looks at herself. Because in her household, she's the big sister, you know? And so I'm very also understanding of all them. They're all different. Then my youngest little girl, Esarena, she's like so attached to me. She won't leave my side. Like I go through some health problems now currently in my life that are a little bit difficult and challenging for me. Um, and my little girl will literally come bring all kinds of stuffed animals when I'm laying down in bed. I can't, I can't move. She'll bring all the stuffed animals and put them there and, She'll go wet a rag uh-huh. and put it on my... She's only six years old, you know what I mean? And I feel bad because I don't want her seeing that shit, you know? But at the same time, she's always there like, Daddy, I'm going to help you. Daddy, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do... And, and it breaks my heart a little bit because I, I don't want her to, to, to see me going through those struggles. But to know that she's such a sweetheart that she wants to be there is always a good thing. And I have a great relationship with my children. Um, But for me, I think... Having the aspect of the way I grew up and everything gives me a perspective of understanding that like, hey, this kid's going to make mistakes. You know, this kid's going to go through some shit that's going to suck. She's probably going to tell me one day uh, that I don't know what I'm talking about or something like that and, or that I haven't, you know, I'm going to have to deal with the very true realities of what it was to be an absentee parent 
because of circumstances and situations that they will have no understanding of. But that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Because that has nothing to do with the way I made them feel growing up because I wasn't there. And I, I think being a realist is the most important thing you can do as a parent. Because um, the one thing I noticed, like, I see certain people that I really respect um, and I love them. You know what I mean? I love them. I respect them. But sometimes I see that they have trouble with the children. And the reason is because the best attributes that I see of them, their kids see the shit behind closed doors that nobody had to see when I was going. through. You know what I'm saying? And so because of that, kids see your bullshit. So it doesn't matter what you portray to the public, what you portray to people. Your children truly know who you are behind closed doors. And that's why you got to be careful. That's why you have trouble. Now, the good thing is they see that, but at some point they're going to understand that you were growing up too, you know, and that we're all growing till the day we die. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think that's that that's a good thing about that. How old were you when you at the first? Oof, that was uh, seven, 17, uh, going on 18. I, I, I think I was 18, I think, when he was born, I was like, so a little older, you know, um, mm -hmm. but still, like, in a lot of ways, obviously, like, like you said, we're always growing stuff. Like, I, that's another thing that sometimes I think about, man, I fucked up a lot, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> As a dad, yeah. and stuff that, like, and even, even to this day, like, always trying to better and stuff, and, and I still mess up a lot. And that's, that's something that's, like, I feel like there's things that sometimes I'm like, you know, when you're growing up, I'm not going to be like this. I'm not going to do this, you know? And then it's almost like you end up, you end up almost like bringing that fruition somehow, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, how you know. In Spanish, we have that saying, okay. hijo fuiste, padre será. Um, mm -hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and for the viewers, that means like you were, you were a son and daughter, mm -hmm. but one day you're going to be a father. Yeah. Mother. You know? And what you just said is very, it's good. Because it's like, it's true that you try not to manifest those things, but life has a very funny way of repeating itself. And when it does, it's just a reason for you to remember that we're not so different and that you can't stop life itself. You know, you may not, I'm not going to do this, but just doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like I used to tell myself, I'll never spank my children. Mm. Never do that. <laughs> and I, if I truly believe that yeah. because growing up I got my ass whipped a lot mm. because of smart mouth or I you know or, or I needed some of those lessons and stuff like that and uh, I got in a situation where my daughter was very young and she stuck her hand in a bowl of like her mother was mopping she put her hand in a bowl of bleach and she went to put it into her face and the first thing I did was fly and spank her on her, on her leg yeah, like just yeah, boom stop, yeah. like just to sh sh like cause I was nervous yeah. I, I, I didn't know how to get to her fast I was shocked right. and when that kid let out that scream and I saw my handprint across mm. her leg like yeah. I, I, I went I broke down yeah, yeah. myself I, because I was I, I was like oh shit I didn't. but then I realized like it was like to shock her to mm -hmm. so that she didn't hurt herself right. so then it kind of made me realize like okay well why did I get in trouble I did, I, it wasn't to ever hurt me, to try to embarrass me or whatever it was so that I didn't do this shit again. So in a certain way, like, I understand it. I still choose not to. But there's times where, like, I, I, I find myself 
like the kid gets too out of that. I, I, I make the threat and I realize, <laughs> what am I, what are you doing? Right. Bro? You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that's, that's against your principle. Mm -hmm. So to one aspect, you have to stick to your principles and stick to your guns, but I never judge somebody for doing anything because I, you know, if you're, if you're truly trying to look out for what's in the best interest of your family, whatever way you choose to discipline or speak to or comment, that's up to you. Right. But for me, like, I get that. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. And to be clear, it's not like, I'm, I'm, it's not to say, I don't want anybody to think, okay, like, oh, he's talking parents or stuff. Not, not necessarily that. Like, I have great parents. I, I, I can never, like, obviously, I pay every, every parent. <clears throat> excuse me every parent makes mistakes and there's yeah. obviously uh you know everybody everybody has moments as a kid maybe like, oh like i bet you they would have done certain things different you know um but it's i'm so appreciative of what my parents did and uh bring us here and how hard they work and everything that it's real hard for me to be like man they fucked up something you know what i mean because because i don't i don't really feel yeah. like that you know what i'm saying even though there was because it's like like you said we were a little shit sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm and so, so it's like, you know, yeah, just to be clear, like, it's not necessarily that. It's just like, I had, I had certain thoughts of this beat is how I'm going to be, even as, even when my first time was born, thinking I'm going to, here's, well, I'm not going to put this up. All right, okay. let me just ask you real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all right, your, your political values, have mm. they changed over time? Ever? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that, that, that's literally probably what it's like to be, be a parent, right? right? right. Like, you think you're going to do things one way, right? Yeah. That's why that, that famous commercial, uh, you live and learn and get loves. I love that shit. Like, yeah. because it's true, right? <laughs> right, right? At first, it's like, my kid's getting the best. Yeah. And then by the second kid, you're like, well, Papa, things are a little thin right, right now. Right. You're, gonna, you're not getting the best diapers no more. Because uh -oh. you, you realize that they're just, they, they're there to carry piss and shit. Like, what is, why are you going to spend money on like, that? You know what right, I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're just going to get a diaper. Yeah. So hopefully it doesn't leak through. And if it does, I guess I'm washing your clothes. Like, exactly. that's, I think the the reason I brought up the political values is because that's that's kind of like what life is like. You can't always look at it through the same scope. Like things change over time, and your values are gonna change a little bit over time too. So, uh, when it comes to my parents, this like this point in my life, I try not to judge them as harshly as I would have. I try to change the glasses that I have on, you know. Um, because when you're a kid, you look at your parents like this Superman, Superwoman. Stuff like that. But nobody is. I mean, and when you realize that, you realize that, like, oh, it wasn't so bad. They did the best with what they did. But for me personally, to comment on what you were saying, like, I'm very appreciative of the parents that I have. I still call my mom and dad every day. Every day. Even if it's just five minutes. And no matter how I'm feeling, even if they do something that I'm like, <laughs> like it gets me hot, you yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? Because I think about it or something they said to me. Because still to this day, the people that you love are the only ones that can hurt right. you. You know what I'm saying? But even if they say something that I'm like, I don't agree with that or whatever, I'm just like, okay, I love you. I'll see you later. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Because the one thing I don't want to have is regret. You know what I'm saying? We go back to that. I don't want to have regret. I don't want to have where I'm like, where I let my emotions get the best of me. I got brothers and sisters that I don't talk to right now that I, I truly feel like I wish we could bridge that gap. But I've, I've already made my peace with the fact that I, I tried. It's up to you. You know what I'm saying? Um, how, how much more time we got? Uh, uh, we, I, I, I could probably go for like another 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you kind of getting into the parenting and the... No, no, uh, no. Cool. I want to touch on everything. Um, 
I'm always interested in other people's take for us and like uh yeah, I don't know. It's different backgrounds, obviously different every household's different. Our neighbor has if they have kids, it will be you know what I mean, like it's it's completely different, so it's interesting to hear how their experience was, how is that influencing how they were how they appear now and stuff. <clears throat> but um well I kinda wanna get into a little bit of what you're doing now also. Okay. Since yes. you're since you're I know you got a lot of you're talking about juggling different projects and stuff, <clears throat> um, and back to you, your work ethic and stuff. <laughs> um, you're, I feel like you always got something going. You know what I'm saying? You always got to be, yeah. even if that changes over over time, it's like you you're doing something. You know, on top of family and stuff. So you want to talk about a few of those projects? Um, so right now we have the vintage barbershop that I purchased off of Lucas, which has been very successful, and I'm very happy. And I I, I got to thank the community for showing all the love and support that they do one to him and then two to me in the in the transition of, of ownership everybody's been really great and i appreciate that um but i've always felt like i, I want to consistently have the ability to grow and to give opportunity to others so where nerdy's barbershop which is the new project that we have um and we're calling it nerdy's That's obviously awesome. because <laughs> because it's 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 a uh, everybody's nerdy about something you know like i joke around with the guys who are hunters all the time they're like oh i'm not a nerd like you and it's like is that why you're dressed in full camo right now during the middle of the day fam right, like, right. now you're definitely nerd you just don't realize it. you're just nerdy about hunting or you're nerdy about the outdoors or whatever it may be you know um but i think uh i, I think having the ability to showcase a little bit more of what i love is what i um, because I realized that not everybody has that space or feels comfortable in that space. And so being able to have those opportunities and just express through business what I love and the things open up doors to even more in the community, um, it's great. The reason I'm opening up this barbershop is one, I have a great business partner, a guy who's been coming up with me through, went through barber school together. Um, he works at the shop now. His name's Josh Flood. Absolutely amazing guy, hardworking guy. Um, works as hard as I do. Um, and he's he wants to have his own shop. And I want to have my own shop. And we've got young kids that came to the shop when they were like 13, 14 years old. Excuse me. And they they told me that they wanted to be a barber. And I told them, hey, this is the steps you got to take. This is what you got to do. Here's a machine. Here's a clipper. Go like essentially go ruin somebody's hair right. and see whoever's brave enough to let you give them a bad haircut, find out that way. Right. The same way I did, because that's how I sustained myself. At 13 years old, I started cutting my own hair. Um, and I, I learned that way. And I did things whatever way I could until I was able to graduate and, and make things happen. And that was a long time. So that's one thing that I, 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 again, don't judge. It doesn't matter how long it takes you to get things done. Just get them done at the pace that you can. And when you're ready, take hold of the reins and start, driving towards the future you know um but these both of these young men that i encouraged when they were like 13 14 years old they graduated or they're on their one of them's on their way to graduating and so now i'm a man of my word and i i truly take that very seriously so it's like um it's time so now i gotta open up a second shop because the one that we have is in a <laughs> wonderful location but i can't i can't uh expand on that without losing that space and i really love where we're at so we're just going to expand we're going to do a whole nother shop um and then within that shop i'm going to explore all the other avenues of interest that i've had things like podcasting um 
we're also gonna I'm gonna have my studio there for graphic designs um, because I, I I am a graphic designer and I love doing that kind of stuff and I draw my own comic book. Uh, that's that. where the nerdy's <laughs> character comes from. Yeah. Um, and I also just I I, I want to give the opportunity mm-hmm. to others who might. Oh, I'm also doing t-shirt t-shirt business. Oh, for real? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's with Ben. He's oh, a family yeah, yeah, member yeah. Of yours. Ben, shout out Ben. Yeah, yeah. L- love that guy yeah. too. Um, but I want to give the opportunity to all of the people who have shared interest in working with me, um, to do it while I'm all in house in one space, so that I don't so go cool. too far. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that's one thing that I, that I've learned over the years that like, well, this leads into this and opens up this door and goes to this door and goes to this door, but it's all going to be in the same space. I'm okay with doing that. Like, I don't want to go start a landscaping business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Because that's not where I'm at. But but to be honest, I have a warehouse in the back. So if I needed to store the stuff, I could. That's <laughs> yeah. that's the point of of what I'm saying is like I want to have everything in house so that I can do everything and be able to give opportunities to others. Like eventually, if I'm being real, I've never shared this with people, so I'll share it online with your with your audience. <laughs> um, eventually, I'd like to open up like a big community center. Um, and in that community center, I'd love to have like music studios for children who are, are musical and instruments and stuff and give them the opportunity to, to build up uh, engineering, like be able to actually learn to use the equipment, um, have art classes, art classrooms for children who are artistic. Um, because the one thing this community does really well is it has, um, they do care for one another and they do have a lot of great sports programs. Um, but I'd like to, expressed in other avenues too like you know get a bunch of computers get somebody in there who knows about teaching how to code and teaching it's like not so much like a tech school but give people give kids the opportunity to express themselves creatively and grow or even people who are just trying to get a second chance in life and be able to give them the opportunity to kind of push like i want it all in-house i want to have a gym Uh. i want to have all of this stuff. Like when I was a kid, the PAL program helped me out, the police athletic league. Again, I went there to go break dancing, mm-hmm. found a boxing gym upstairs. And then they had art rooms on there. Eventually I'd like to have a big community center where I can do that and where we have all of the people who are willing to do those things and for nothing. For nothing. That's 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 where I truly find my fulfillment. If, if there is the capability, if somebody who's hearing this has the opportunity to put me in a position where I might be able to do that, or you're a grant writer or something, that'd be wonderful because that's where I would get the most fulfillment out of my life. Because I truly do believe that if money wasn't a thing, I'd be doing the same things that I'm doing right now. Because money just helps keep the lights on and keep few people fed, you know what I mean, in my house and stuff like that. But uh, I don't give a shit about money. I really don't. Um, I, I'm a toy collector. Like, uh, my friends know that about me. <laughs> Other people don't. Like, you know, whenever people give me tip money, it's like, it's going to go to that really sweet heat man I've been in for a while. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't give a shit about money, man. Because you have money today, tomorrow you don't. And if everything crashes right now, the way people are talking right now, money the value of our money's going anyway. So like for me, I'd like to be successful. I'd like to be financially stable, but I don't want to chase that, uh, that money being rich is all that shit because 
I don't get fulfillment from that. Where where currently I get fulfillment is like, you know, Lucas Mass came up through our ranks um, in the gym, and he was able to become a champion. And uh, Lucas, congratulations, yeah, man! Yeah, yeah. And then he had a few tough professional fights, and then he was able to bounce back. And the sense of pride nobody's going to take away from him that he was able to overcome something difficult and con- continue on in his journey, right? But when Lucas was coming up, I used to tell him all the time, I don't give a shit about this. I don't care. I, I truly don't. He knows that. I don't, I, I don't care about how many belts you put up. I don't care about how many medals you bring here. I don't give a shit about that. None of that means, that, that means nothing to me. But I do care about you as an individual. I care about um, what you're able to accomplish that you said you want to accomplish, your goals. Um, I care about, you know, he has a kid now. And this is just using him as an example because a lot of people know him in the community. Yeah. But I care about the day that his son gets baptized that I get I get an invite. I care about, you know, that like uh, that I'm a, I get a, a seat at his dinner table. You know what I mean? Because that would that would be the ultimate. We're friends. I love you. You you, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. But these people that that God brings to my life, they could go anywhere that they want in their life, and I'm going to support them because. We're, we're a team. As a coach, I care more of, about that than any dollar sign you can put. And sometimes it bites me in the ass, bro, because like um, I'm either too generous with my time or with my finances or I'm too honest, you know, and a guy will say, like recently I just, I, 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 I there's a kid that I train that I love dearly. I really, really love this young man. Um, and I wish this kid the best, but he's no longer with my team. And uh, he said something that kind of, that, that, that I don't want to get too personal, mm-hmm. but he said something about like, he felt that I was putting him down and I've never done that in my life to anybody, bro. Like, I don't believe in that. And that, that offended me because it's like, Hey, all I want is the best for the people that God brings into my life. Now, if you say that I, that I did that, I apologize. It's not what my intentions were, but the truth is, that pisses me off as an individual because it's like there's no reason for my my character to be called into question when I know for a fact that's not what I'm doing here. Everybody else can see it, but you you're just letting yourself be in that field. And and to be honest, man, I do I wish him and anybody else the best, you know, because like I don't care about this. Man, fighting is just a small portion of what we do. Like uh training. Training is meant to do exactly that. It's meant to train you. It's meant to give you something that you're looking for. But I don't get paid a lot, you know? And it's not that I'm not compensated because I am. I just, it's not fulfilling to me in the aspect of compensation is not the main goal. Right. But what is, is um, helping, um, watching people become successful, watching my students grow in whatever aspect they're going to grow and then go on and take on the road and be the best versions of themselves that they I truly feel like, how can you call yourself a man if you don't do anything to change the immediate future around you? And I'm very fortunate in the, as- in the aspect of that there's a lot of families in this community that give me the opportunity to take part in their journey when it comes to their training. And they invite me to their houses to hang out and I get to have cookouts and get laughs and all that stuff. That shit means more to me than any metal you could metal just 
the medal makes you happy and that makes me happy that you won and I'm happy. But truthfully, if you go into any competition with the mindset that you're going to lose, you shouldn't be there. So that's why I'm hard in the training room and I tell people like, hey, we're here, do your job. But outside of the room, like I love, I prefer to meet people in, in the barbershop than I do at the gym. I'm serious. Our origin bro. story. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm serious, yeah. bro, because, because if you meet me at the gym, it's like, I'm going to be tough on you because that's what I have to do. But if you meet me outside of the gym, it's like, I get to, I get to just be, I'll say, I don't have to be coach, but, but I genuinely care everywhere that I go. And that's the most important people to know about. You know, like, uh, I say I got you, got you. That's 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 the realest shit to me. But if I if but if I got you, be prepared that if you don't want to hear what I have to say, it's because I'm giving you the same respect that I expect to receive from you. Turn, you know, like uh, we deal. This is funny to me. But my my buddy Michael, like, he's like, man, I don't know. Sometimes you just tell people yeah, you stink. <laughs> And it's like, yo, bro, because if I stink, I need you to tell me. You know what I mean? Like, if 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 I'm up in your face and you know, if you, yo, dick, sh- take care. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but some people embarrassed. But that's that's me being honest yeah. with you. We deal with people in the gym, man. Like, you got guys working 40, 50 hour a week jobs. Like the best thing for us was when we had showers at the gym right. over in in, in uh, Weinsburg. I love that yeah. shit. I'd be like, sh- hey. Go shower before class. You know what I'm saying? You know, you're just discreet about it. You you, you know, but at the same time, like, I need people to tell me so that, because I'm not conscious of certain things, but that's, I I feel like the reason I say that is because that's what it truly is to be a friend. Sometimes to have those uncomfortable conversations or say things that might piss somebody off because you you genuinely care about them and you don't want to see them choice. Like, it's why I understand why people invite me to church all the time. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, they, <laughs> they only so, take a shower, quote-unquote, at church. They, 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 yeah, they're like, hey, shh, <laughs> You need to talk to God, bro. What is it? Your soul's a little fucked up, bro. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, no, I feel but like I, I get that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but but truthfully, uh, that's a whole nother podcast yeah, yeah. we could have. We could definitely have a few more episodes. I, I, I have, I have deep, deep personal beliefs about that mm-hmm. stuff. And, uh, again, like I said, I'm very faithful in what Christ gave me. But I have my own personal freedom and why. I don't, I, I will say this before we go to okay? I will say this. I want to know God. That's it. I, I want to I wanna know God. I don't want to act like I'm God. I don't want to. Judge like you're, you're yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't want to spit out a bunch of scripture at you and use it to manipulate things. I don't want to ever come to you with um with a, 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 an intention. You know what I'm saying? Like, because then this becomes disingenuous. You know what I'm saying? Like, if if you're only trying to be boys with me because you want me to yeah. go to church on Sunday, it's like that feels a little yeah. weird, Doug. But or they're more uh, than you going not. Just going to church, going to yeah. their church. Yeah, that, yeah. You know now, now, like, like if we're friends yeah. and we've built up a long friendship and we're good friends and everything, and you're like, "Hey, Jose, I think this would benefit you in your life. I think you you're making a lot of mistakes or whatever." Okay, fine, cool. I can respect you at that point standpoint because we have enough of a relationship developed that we can we can communicate on things, and I, I respect and trust. You know what I'm saying? Like, but 
if it's just, you know, just come here, you know what I mean? Come here, come here, come here. I have my opinion. But my family goes to church and everything. I respect them. I, I respect everybody's beliefs. But I, I, again, gray area, right? Like, I live, I live permanently in the gray area right now because I can't see things just black and white. I know what's right and what's wrong, but I also understand that, like, let's just put this into perspective and then I can, I can leave on that note for me so people get to know me a little bit better. Uh, to kill somebody's wrong, right? But to, def to defend your land in defense yeah. is you have, to, you have to do a little wrong to defend yourself to protect the people that you love. If you can justify that, even though you know that it's wrong, you live in a gray space. And so for me, I look at things from that lens where it's like, not everything that's right is what we always should do. And not everything that's wrong is what we shouldn't do. Like sometimes I got to kind of, you got to do, like if a guy's fucking jumping off of a bridge and he's telling me life sucks. And I know sometimes life really sucks. I'm going to be like, you know what? Take that leap. <laughs> You're right, buddy. You got, you got it all figured out. You know what I mean? Just go for it. Or am I gonna be like, yo, Papa? It's not yeah, that bad. Yeah, right. Like, we can, we can figure this out. Minutes, just keep, just, yeah, just, just think about this. Right, right. Don't jump today. Jump tomorrow. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we, we think about it. that's that's kind of how I I look at things in the aspect of like, hey, let's be realistic. Let's be realistic. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. We definitely yeah. do another episode if you're down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll always, do that. Uh, maybe we'll get a few. Probably get a couple other people around here too, you know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. But I, I, I like this. So hey, bring the primo in. Oh my J God. Jeremy's the homie, bro. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have some fun. That'll bro. be the longest censored. Oh, it's okay. It'll probably be between me and him, bro. You just sit back and laugh. Yeah, we'll definitely get him on at some point. Before I'm going to try to record a bunch of episodes before we move. And then whenever I come back, for sure. But I just want to say real quick at the end of the day, like, we all make choices. We all, you know, there's all this path, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I think everybody in the community uh, that that opportunity to know this version of you, let's say, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, they love you. We love you. I love you. Um, and I, I know that we all say the hard work, their dedication to the people that know you. Like one of the one of the biggest things is like that I, I appreciate about you and the circle that you keep around you is um you guys all support each other in your endeavor, you know what I mean? Um, and I have huge respect for that. Uh, and for you as an indiv individual, um, there was one time where, you know, you, you, have, you have rough patches in life. And mm -hmm. <laughs> one time I stopped in a barbershop, it was a, got one of the latest cuts, and you're like, hey, like, let's, go, let's go get a drink. You know what I mean, so we drove out to Millersburg, got a drink, talked for a bit, and that was huge and, and, and rough patch, you know what I'm saying? And I, you always look for the, out for the people around you. And I, I'd like to hopefully I'm part of that circle, you know. Of course, <laughs> and so, of course, man. um, yeah, I appreciate you. Thanks, man. Thanks. 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 Than